The Holy Gospel according to St. John, the 14th chapter. Jesus said, If you love me, you will keep my commandments. And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another helper to be with you forever. Even the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it neither sees him nor knows him. You know him, for he dwells with you and will be in you. I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. Yet a little while, and the world will see me no more. But you will see me. Because I live, you also will live. In that day, you will know that I am in my Father, and you in me, and I in you. Whoever has my commandments and keeps them, he it is who loves me. And he who loves me will be loved by my Father, and I will love him and manifest myself to him. This is the gospel of our Lord. Hallelujah, Christ is risen. If you love me, you will keep my commandments. And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another helper to be with you forever. That is, the Holy Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him. You know him. He abides with you and will be in you. I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. If you love me, you will keep my commandments. I cannot pretend this is an easy word from Jesus. It's like when he says, you must be perfect, like my Father in heaven is perfect. How can we keep Jesus' commands? How can we show our love for him in doing this, if this is what Jesus says love is, obedience, how? I cannot by my own reason or strength believe in Jesus Christ or come to him. How can I do what he's demanded of me? This is a hard word, especially if you're hearing it for the first time. Or if you're hearing it far from the context in which Jesus has said it, in the context of the upper room on the final nights that he had privately with his beloved apostles' friends. And without that original context, we can only hear these words and apply them to where we've heard them elsewhere in our day-to-day life. And so where else do we hear a sentence Like this, if you love me, dot, dot, dot. Well, if you love me, you'll come visit on Mother's Day, right? If you love me, the floor will be vacuumed and the dishwasher will be emptied before I get home. And 
what's a super real one. And I'm not just going to say to our high school students, our college students, but to all of us. If you love me, you won't say no when I try to bring this relationship further. All of these examples are examples of emotional manipulation. But is that what Jesus is saying when he says, if you love me, you will keep my commandments? It might sound like it to the naked ear, but that's only if you tear it out of John's beloved gospel and throw it on a t-shirt or a bumper sticker. But when it reminds or when it remains in the grand story of salvation amongst Jesus's other words, if you imagine him sitting at the head of the table serving his apostles, his body and his blood poured out for the forgiveness of their sins, it's different. Because that's where Jesus says these words. He says them in that upper room. It's his last night with his best friends. And they're words from an older brother to his younger brothers and sisters that he loves. I try not to say, in Greek it says this in my sermons. You can trust your English translations. They're great. But something that we lose just because we speak English is Jesus is talking to you, you all, y'all. I know that y'all don't like it when I say you guys, but for me, that's what people that live in the union, that's what they say for you, plural. He's talking to y'all. He's an older brother. He's a mentor. He's someone that loves you and wants what's best for you. And he's letting you in on secrets for your maturity that your classmates and your other friends that don't have an older brother who loves them, wisdom they don't get. Brother, if you throw your pitch like this, you'll throw a strike almost every time. I'll show you how to hold the ball. Sister, if you brush your hair like this and use a blow dryer... If you condition your hair and don't use a bar of soap, it'll turn out better. Brother, sister, if you love me, you'll obey my commandments. Jesus is your loving older brother. He wants what's best for you. He wants you to thrive. And if you follow his commandments, you will be living according to God's will. You'll be walking in the way of the Lord, the golden path to the highest good. That if you fix your sights on this highest good and you don't miss your mark, you don't have to worry about tomorrow. For today will have enough worry of its own. If you set your sights on the highest good, You only have to watch your feet and make sure you're staying on the path. And you'll end up where Jesus wants you to go. Because you're following in his 
footsteps. Jesus wants you to grow up to be like him. He's transforming you to be like him. And here's the thing. He's so patient. He's so loving. He's so merciful. He knows it's impossible to be just like him. He knows it's impossible for you or me to be just like him. So he asks dad to send a helper. And he'll be with you forever. The Holy Spirit. Your churches, my churches, namesake. Or as I guess you guys like to call him, Spiritus Sanctus in Latin. The world cannot receive the Holy Spirit. They can't even recognize his work. The world sees small numbers and says failure. The world sees people humbling themselves and says, what a sucker. The world sees selfless service to those that are not important and says, why do they waste their time? But you know the Holy Spirit. He lives in you. You are his temple. He wants to live in you because he loves you. And he wants you to be like Jesus. At your baptism, you receive the Holy Spirit from the Father for Jesus' sake, a gift. Through water joined to Christ's wonderful words of promise. And there, you became a son of God, a daughter of God. You were united with Jesus Christ in his death on the cross for the sins of the world and raised up out of the water, joined to Christ's powerful resurrection that Easter morning. And you are joined with all the events of his life. Whatever happened to Jesus will happen to you. Whatever Jesus said, you should say. Whatever Jesus suffered, you should suffer. And count it as being worthy to be like your older brother. Hallelujah. Christ is risen. And no, Jesus is not emotionally manipulating anyone. He is not emotionally manipulating you like your employer might, your government, the TV, maybe even people that say they're your friends. And sadly, and very often, maybe like your family does. No, Jesus is not emotionally manipulating you. He's reaching out his hand to you to make you more like him because he loves you. It's very intimate. He sees in you what you can be by the gift of the Holy Spirit and not what you're stuck doing over and over again that makes you hurt. Jesus is patient, compassionate, 
abounding in steadfast love, we learn what our Heavenly Father is like by Him. For He is His Son. He is your loving older brother. And He wants you to be the son or daughter that the Father has made you to be in the waters of baptism. He says something very lovely. He says, I will not leave you as orphans. I will not leave you as orphans, even though I'm going away, he says. Orphans are out living wildly on the streets in Jesus' day. They do whatever they want, whatever they can, because they have to fight and kick and scream to survive. No one's looking out for them like a good older brother or mom or dad. They don't have an inheritance from mom and from dad. They're orphans. So Jesus would say, don't envy those orphans. Don't envy them, beloved, because you are not orphans. You're not orphans. You live in the household of God, our Father. You are sons and daughters of the King. Jesus is your older brother who watches over you and makes sure you are thriving because he loves you. You are not orphans, but children of God. And as Paul says, and if children, then heirs. What do you stand to inherit from God our Father by faith in our Lord Jesus Christ and his death and his resurrection? The kingdom, the entire kingdom of God, eternal life, new life now, the chance to be different because you have the spirit, forgiveness, real forgiveness, no strings attached, resurrection and glory, communion together with all whom we love in Christ eternally, all of it. All of this is yours in Christ Jesus, our Lord. And so what is our deposit or what is the guarantee of this great promise? Well, the real question is who is our guarantee? Who is our deposit? Well, Paul writes, he is the Holy Spirit that you receive by faith in Christ and in your baptism. And what is the benefit What are the fruit of possessing, having the Spirit of God? Of being a temple of the Holy Spirit? Love. Joy. Peace. Patience. Kindness. Goodness. Faithfulness. Gentleness. Every good thing. Every good gift that is from above is yours in Christ Jesus. These are the fruit of the Spirit. Jesus' gift to you as you live your life in faith in him. And so, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. 
And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another helper to be with you forever. That is the Holy Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him, for he abides in you and will be in you. I will not leave you as orphans. I will come back. I will return because I love you. In Jesus' name and for his sake. Amen.